You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Saturday afternoon after day two of fall camp 2022. Practice number two is in the books. I'm Kim Reynolds along with Chris Fetters and Scott Eklund. Shores of Lake Washington, probably the coolest day we've had in a couple of months out here with uh, temperatures in the low 60s. The wind was kicking up to the point where I was actually looking at some of the scissor hoists and going, yeah, I'm glad I'm not up there. But mm-hmm. we had some nice gnarly gusts out there today. I I don't know how much impact it had on the quarterbacks, but we could talk about the quarterbacks a little bit later. But uh, a lot of interceptions today. No, not a lot. I mean, there was three. Each of the scholarship quarterbacks had had one each. Um, you know, Sam Heward had one. It was probably an ill-advised throw to Zeke Pluer, if I remember right. That was tipped by um, Carson Bruner and then picked off by Mikel Esteen. Oh, and, so the, actually, there was then, four picks. So then, because the, Trevor Duffy had two as well. And by the one, the Mikel Esteen, he dove. I mean, he made yeah. a yeah, really yeah, yeah. nice no. on that. And then he did a little bit of a dance that if he does that in a game, he's going to get a flag throw. Well, he yeah. also kicked the ball fifty yards down the field too. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, that's not. But, but so moment. there was four. I only had three, but there was four. That was I didn't get that one. Yeah, but then uh, Trevor Duffy had two. He had one in the final team period inside the ten yard line. They picked off right next to the end zone. Ran it out, and, and people have to remember this is not a tackle practice. This is not a full pass practice. And Mateo Mele, like said, you're not going anywhere, and just put him right to the ground. He did it in About front of their thirty yards down the field. Yeah, yeah, but he also did it in front of the defensive sideline, and he was lucky to get out of there with just a few pushes Alive. and shoves. Because uh, I, I just think, and, and we were going to talk about this a little bit, and, and, and we can talk about it to finish, but I just think that after a couple days of kind of easing their way in and kind of getting to remember guys and what they do, I think it's plays like that that are going to start really spicing this thing up and adding a level of intensity and energy that we haven't seen yet. Who else had the interceptions? Well, so McDuffie had two, Esteen had the one, and then um, uh, Irvin had the overthrow by right. O'Brien. Julius Irvin. Yep. Yeah, yeah that, that was the first pick of the day, I believe. Yeah, yeah you know, it's... Like for some freshmen are having some freshman moments, but uh, you know that's just going to happen. But uh, you know, you wrote a story on the receivers, Chris, and you were pretty tough on them today. Well, I just I, I wrote my five observations, and to be honest with you, I think overall the offense, you would expect them to try to get some things done when you're not in full pads. And yes, the defense is going to try to, you know, they're going to try to disguise some things down the field and make it tougher for the quarterbacks, which I think they've done a pretty good job of. And we know these DBs are really, really good. Um, and then you add the wind, which you talked about, Kim. That certainly will add a factor to it. Um, I just think that the quarterbacks at times were a little hit and miss, and that makes it obviously very difficult for the receivers. But I really think that outside of Terrell Bynum, I don't know of any of the other receivers that have really distinguished themselves at all. I think Taj Davis and Jalen Polk have had moments. Roma Dunsey, you can see obviously what's going on with him, and, and, he, and he's – He's going to come good because he showed it at the end of last year. I'm really struggling to see where Jalen McMillan fits in right now. He's struggling, and I don't know why. I don't know if he's dealing with something physically or whatever, but I don't. I didn't see him at all at the final team period. I didn't see him go out. Um, 
and I'm really kind of wondering what's going on with him right now. Um, but again, Terrell Bynum, the senior of the group, you can tell the chemistry with him, him and Dylan Morris is really starting to show. But outside of, of Terrell Bynum, it's difficult to see where they're going to really pick up a lot of consistent yardage uh, downfield. No, I saw the the one pass that Sawyer Racanelli really flashed on with the long yeah. long go route against Fabi Kalana, and that was actually really good coverage. Sam put it right in the yeah he put right it in that red box, and that was one of one of those passes that you would have seen at Kennedy Catholic, yeah, where he's going over the top, mm-hmm. like you said, puts it right in the bucket, perfectly laid out. Um, that was a great throw, and 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 McMillan did have a, a couple flashes where he he snags the ball and he looks like he's supposed to look, but boy, they are they are by and large they are far and few between. You yeah, just don't and, see and a then lot. he comes back and drops a couple. Yeah, so. I just don't see the yeah. the consistency. And just before you start the panic on the boards again, um, you know we're in day two. You know, so, you know, day four, you know, maybe they can clean some stuff up and they've definitely got some talent over there. But, I mean, the guy who I think, you know, is ready to step up and he made, you know, I think, just a great catch of Sawyer Racanelli. And he's a good-sized yeah. kid. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he had that great catch that we were just talking about and uh, he had a couple nice ones over the middle too. So um, he's going to be a key because they're going to have to find somebody who can go across the middle, catch passes, find soft spots and zones. I think that's one thing that they're looking for from Jabez Tanay eventually to be that guy. Because I don't think Giles Jackson, even though he might play out of the slot, he's not going to be a guy who's going to be going across the middle for you a lot. He's going to be going on well, longer Well, to be routes. fair, they've used him in a lot of different situations. Yeah. And also to be fair to Giles, you know, he's still very much thinking about everything right now. He's learning the playbook. He's learning the personnel. He's trying to figure everything out. That being said, he's been so close to making a handful of, like, really good Spectacular catches. catches, Like, I mean, seriously, like, another two or three feet this way or another half step the other way, I mean, he's there. Mm -hmm. So you can tell how close he is, and you can tell his athleticism and what he's capable of doing. It's just, again, like you said, Kim, second day, they're still trying to get things together. I'm not really seeing the intensity and the energy that I think we will start to see once they really get into the dog days and the coaches really start pushing them. But yeah, the the the, the splash catches are few, very few and far between right yeah, now. Yeah, and the other thing too is, I, I mean, am I exaggerating if I'm saying it's darn near close to half of the practices right now are focused on installs? Well, they have to be because yeah. they're not in pads. But that also applies to the receivers. I mean, yeah. they're, they're adding as much pass game as they are run game. Yeah. And right now, when you, you expect the running backs to look good because they're not having to get touched. They're really not um, getting um, you know, as featured as they would. Like, if those guys are coming downhill at them, then they're going to start to make plays. The defense will. But that being said, I mean, we were talking about it before the, the podcast, Scott, about the run with JV on Sunday during the final team period where he was untouched. I don't care if it's full pad I don't care if it's full pads, tackle, everything. That guy was gonna score. Mm-hmm. I mean the offensive line just blew a hole for him and he was gone and it looked great. So yeah. I think there was yeah. you know, I think they, there was plenty of good things to think about when you're talking about the offense right now. It's just unfortunately I don't think the receivers have Kind of risen to the level of the rest of the units right now, and I, that's why I think they're going to you're going to see a lot of tight ends catching the ball because Kate Otten, you know, is special, yeah. and um, you know Devin Culp isn't here, you know, dealing with you know some uh, personal issues, and then uh, you know Mark Redmond is a guy who had another nice catch today who I expected yeah, Jack Westover. Yeah, and then the thing is, I was going to say in my story, I featured pretty much Jack Westover because 
not only is he a guy that we didn't get to see pretty much all of last spring, but he is a guy that clearly John Donovan loves. His versatility, what he can do in the backfield, as well as lining up you know, in a, in a slot, uh, in trips, and off the line. He, he features in so many different places that you know he was even running, I think, a little bit more with the ones at times than Otten was. Because I think, you know, again, they know what they've got with Otten. Otten is a known quantity. He's not going to all of a sudden flash something that they haven't seen before. Well, the thing but about with Westover, Westover he, but with Westover, he's he's he missed all spring. He needs to get back up to speed, and he looked really good. I thought well, today. He, he's not as big as the other guys, but he's a lot more athletic, and he's a guy that I think they're comfortable, you know, with putting him in motion and lining him up in the backfield and using him as that fullback. I think he, he's probably the guy they feel most comfortable with that on the short. Well, they, they yes, for sure, and and Javon Forward was a guy that they used a lot again today in those similar roles. But I think one thing that we haven't necessarily seen from Westover, because he's never really had to be featured in it, and again, missing spring did not allow John Donovan to to, to get him more in experimental type situations. Him as a downfield passer. And I think we're, we're going to start to see Jack Westover be more of a threat down the field compared to what we've seen from him last year. And again, a lot of it stems from the fact that with four games last year, they just couldn't kind of do some of the things that I'm sure they would want to have done with him. I just think we're going to see a lot of three tight end sets and not necessarily just when they're running the ball. Yeah. I, I mean, John Donovan talked about it today. They do a lot of stuff with three tight ends. They do a lot of stuff with three t- three wide receivers and maybe two tailbacks. So he says, who's ever making themselves into a playmaker for us, we're going to figure out a way to get them on the field. I was also going to say, too, guys, when we talk about how good the running backs look and the offensive line and everything else coming together, you've got to remember the first first and foremost, those tight ends are being used as extra linemen mm-hmm. in that downhill run game. So if we want to talk about how good the running backs look right now, a lot of that also, especially on the edges, is how the tight ends are taking out the outside linebackers and the extra DBs that are coming down into the box to make it difficult to run. Those guys are really doing a good job in the run game. So we talked about JB on Sunday's long run, but Sam Adams also had a nice long Sam run. Sam Adams looked good. Yeah. And I thought he looked really, really good today, one of his better practices. Yeah. You know, and just getting back to the receivers and the tight ends, you know, I, I still think Quentin Moore is going to be a huge weapon, and we just haven't seen that much of him, and we will. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he's dealing with something physical either, because he didn't do much yesterday. Well, he's been on the bike quite a bit. Yeah, so I don't. So I mean, there are some guys that are probably just dealing with some some dings, and we'll probably see them get featured a little bit more as we get into the dog days. But yeah, I mean, I was really high. I mean, you guys. I mean, who was it? Was it you who was talking about some of these other guys like Redman and and some of these other guys? And Mark Redman had a nice day today, Mm -hmm. no doubt about it. How big is how big is Mark Redman? He's about six, almost six six, and he's probably what two forty, two fifty, somewhere. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you talk about the size, you know, some of those tight ends, you know, Kate Otten six six, and Redmond six five, close to six six. Quentin Moore's what six four, mm-hmm. you know, and those are some nice big bodies. Yeah, I mean, uh, Mark Redmond reminds me of Colby Parkinson, just the way his running style is and how his body is shaped, athletic, and like the he's athletic. Um, he's not as talented as, or at least he hasn't shown the same talent level as Colby Parkinson, but looks a lot like him when he's out there running. Is he around. the most athletic of the tight ends? No, I would say Quentin Moore is probably that guy. Um, yeah, I mean, 
and that's not shorting anyone else. It's just Quentin Moore is a freak of an athlete. He's 6'5", he's 250 pounds, he can run down the field, he's got soft hands, he can do anything you want him to do. He just has to get used to blocking. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, so it'll be interesting when they get uh, Devin Culp and mm-hmm. Clinton Moore back. And, again, I keep on saying it's day two. You know, things are going to look a lot different in a week. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'll just keep on grinding. I was going to say, as good as the tight end sounding, or were today, Kim, adding a guy like Culp who really came on strong at the end of spring ball, I, I have a feeling he's going to pick up right where he left off. I think he probably put in some really nice work so, this summer, and that's just going to add to what they already have. What people need to remember, too, is Devin, because he missed the first two days of fall camp, he's yeah. two days behind everybody in the, what do they call yeah, it? Yeah, he won't get Acclimatization. Yeah, and so he'll be in. So the other guys will be in shoulder pads tomorrow and or tomorrow and Monday, and then but Devin Culp will be in. He'll be no two days pads. behind when they yeah. get into full pads. Well, and don't underestimate Devin Culp as an athlete because he was a really good basketball player as well. He was, and he's a running back in high school. So yeah, yeah. So he's got that. But you know, speaking of running backs, you know, you mentioned, you know, Sam Adams had a flash today. Mm-hmm. Yep, down the right sideline, got out and. Made a play. Yeah, we just haven't seen a lot of Sam, but no. I know the coach is like him. Yeah, he took a d- couple dump off passes too. So I was, I was, first time this that he's ever really flashed to me in practice so far. Jadavian Sunday, JV on Sunday. Yeah, I keep on calling him Jadavian. Mm-hmm. JV on Sunday had a nice run too, and uh, he's got. Would you say of all the running backs, he's probably got the most? I don't know if swagger is the right word, but outgoing intensity. He's he's probably the biggest personality in that room. Yeah, I mean, from you what can tell I, he plays with yeah. joy. I mean, that yeah. seems to me that's pretty he just obvious. loves it. What I'm interested in hearing from your guys' opinion is, you know, he supposedly lost ten to fifteen pounds. He doesn't look like he's playing like it. Mm-mm. He still looks like he's playing plenty big to me. Yeah, and 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 still has enough burst. Obviously, with the with, and I'm sure that's why he did it was to kind of maintain his explosiveness. But yeah, that run for touchdown during the team period was pretty exceptional. Um, and I'm, to be honest with you, I think all four of the first scholarship guys um, were all used quite a bit. I mean, you look at Richard Newton and Cameron Davis; they were pretty much the number ones that were used quite a bit today. And Kamari Pleasant and Sean McGrew had a lot of turns as well. But you know, you could you could see them working a little bit more with the twos and whatnot. I don't know if that's because they want to get Newton and, and Davis more involved with the ones because they weren't necessarily the ones last year. Um, we'll see, and I think that'll shake out a little bit next week. But you can tell they're really rotating in a lot of experienced guys, and that group as a whole just looks very strong. I think it's pretty obvious right now, if health is maintained, that Richard Newton is going to get the most carries this year. Well, he looked like he had a little ding on him, but he came back fine. Would you, um, he would got you, tweaked out a little bit, I think. Someone stepped the, on his foot or something. Yes, in the early part of practice, something happened, but he came back and it was no big deal. Who's going to get the second most carries, would you say? I If if we're just going by what I've seen, it's Cameron Davis. How about third? Sean McGrew. Okay. See, and I, I still think McGrew will get the most carries. Okay. And I just think he's the guy that they rely on the most, the guy they trust the most. He, he's the guy just who not do special to me. That's the problem. Okay. If you're looking for a guy who's going to be able to take it and, and be do something special with it, I still think Richard Newton you, and Cam Davis. You can guys. certainly make an argument for Newton because you can tell the way Jimmy Lake talked about him and how he, he needed to get some things done and he's gotten those things done. I think all things being equal, if Richard Newton had gotten those things done prior to the 2020 season, 
you could make a strong argument he would have been the leading running back. And if that had happened, I don't think there's any question he would have been the leading running back for 2021 as well. Um, that being said, McGrew, again, there's no... There's nothing that he did last year that would tell me, yeah, you can't you can't play him. You can't use him as much as you did. I just think he's he's too valuable. I think he finds ways to make yardage in 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 other situations where some of those guys maybe don't play behind their pads as well. I just think his versatility in playing behind those big offensive linemen showed last year, paid off, and I can see a lot of that happening this fall as well. You know, the thing that really impresses me about Richard Newton, and I mentioned it in the spring, you know, is how much better he looks physically. And I mentioned it, you know, he's got this thing going that I haven't seen. I'm not comparing him to Deontay Cooper because he doesn't have the speed of Deontay. But before Deontay got got hurt, you know, his first injury, he had this light feet, almost like a deer-like prance to him, you know, that he had. And I'm seeing that in Richard Newton. Well, he, Richard's quite a bit bigger than Deontay. I don't know if you remember this, Kim, but when Deontay first came in as a true freshman, we were talking about him getting significant playing time yeah. before he got hurt because he was so impressive in the fall camp yeah. before the season started. Um, with Richard, I see more physicality in him than I saw with Deontay. But there's no doubt from just an athletic standpoint, from just passing the look test type thing, they, they both are very, very similar in that regard. I just think Richard carries himself with a little bit more aggressiveness and really tries to attack a little bit more. And we've seen that off and on the last couple of years. But yes, I mean, when you're looking at a one-two punch with McGrew and, and Newton, I think it's phenomenal. And then you add in Cameron Davis, who I think is kind of the, the, the all-around guy. Because we saw him make some some pretty good third down catches last season in, in the shortened season, they like him in on third down, and and they and that's because he's equally good running and catching the ball, and he can be a legitimate four down back, the in the same way that like Miles Gaskin was. If you wanted to find another Miles Gaskin type player in this particular position room in the stable, Cameron Davis, in my opinion, is the one that probably is closest to that. We haven't seen the running backs do pass rush drills yet either. Nope. Those are the those are one of the most yeah, fun the, drills. Yeah, and you won't see yeah. that for pads. And that's why I'm saying these these practices are the ones where you would fully expect the running backs to show out and, and, and really get to the next level, show their cutting ability and all those other things. And that's exa- excuse me, that's exactly what's happening right now. Kamari Pleasant, he's probably the the least likely to get his quarterback killed on pass blocking. Uh. Kamari was pretty good at it. He was. I mean, that no, he's was very good. Yeah, he's, he's very good. good at it. Yeah. Um, Sean McGrew, I thought, had improved quite a bit. Yeah. Um, Richard Newton and Cam Davis, if they're going to play a lot, they need to step up their game. And, and that's an important part of it. We should we should not gloss over that. Miles Gaskin was really underrated. Yeah. He, was, he was as good as. But his, he had to get good at and it. Before and before him, it was Levon Coleman. And before yeah. him, it, it just it seems like there's one guy that stands out above everybody else every yeah. year. Yeah. So. Um, when we return, we'll take a quick break here. When we return, we'll get into the quarterback situation. And I think I'm seeing things a little bit differently than you guys maybe. So we'll talk about that and more. And we'll also talk about uh, some guys that we think have improved and really stepped up. That and more when we return. It's the guys from Dogman.com on Dogman Radio. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back. It's the guys from dogman.com. I'm Kim Grinnells with Chris Fetters and Scott Eklund, day two. Fall camp 2021, and uh, again, just you know, low 60s. But when we take a look at the weather report, what we've got coming up, it looks like we're gonna hit into the 80s again next week, and by the end of the week, we're gonna be up to 90, you know. Yeah, but we won't be here next week, like this coming week. Yeah, we will be not on Thursday and Friday. Well, yeah, but towards the end of the week, Saturday we'll be back. Yeah, we'll be back on Saturday. Yeah, so uh, weather's going to start getting hot. It was a nice relief out there today. It was. Uh, uh, it I, was, it was I appreciate standing out under. Well, when it started, when it started spitting out a little bit, I was thinking, uh oh, maybe 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 we we all kind of underestimated the the rain possibility, mm-hmm. but thankfully it passed pretty quickly. And it's just it blew though, and and the wind was definitely a deciding factor. I think in part of. Mm-hmm. What we're going to talk about with the quarterbacks. Yeah, quarterbacks. I mean, Jimmy Lake may, was pretty adamant yesterday. Dylan Morris is our starter, but uh, I'm one who thinks that that backup job is up for grabs. I don't think, you know, Chris is definitely seeing things differently than I am, but uh, I think Sam has really made a move. Yeah, I don't I don't see it. I, I, I see a kid who has improved from spring ball. He's gotten thicker. He's He's obviously getting stronger. And he's making some better reads. I still don't think that I see a guy who's ready to challenge Patrick O'Brien. And I'm going to be honest with you, Kim. I don't see any reason to play Sam Heward this this year. Three games. Four. Four Four games. games. Well, if they have four blowouts, by all means. Yeah. What I was telling somebody, they asked me if Sam, I thought Sam Heward would play this year. This was a couple weeks ago. And I said, if Washington is up, let's say Washington's up. 42 to 3 or something at halftime against Montana and then maybe they let Dylan Morris and the offense come out for one series in the second half just to kind of hey this is you got to get ready and come out but then and then maybe you give O'Brien the rest of the third quarter and you give Sam the entire fourth quarter to to go out there get used to running and he won't be running with the walk-on guys He'll be, he'll be running out there running with the second wide receivers. And that's, that's the way be it's been. And that's the way it should be. Yeah. And then maybe against Arkansas State, you have the same thing. There's only one guy who I think will take reps at Michigan, and that's Dylan. Right. And then if he gets hurt, it's uh, Patrick O'Brien. At Michigan, yeah. At Michigan. And, um, and then after that, you just kind of see you have two more games that you can play Sam Heward throughout the, for the last nine games of the year. And, and during the Pac-12 season, and see if he's ready, and get him get him some taste. I wouldn't mind seeing them throw him in, um, and and get some reps, and get him so he'll be able to battle Dylan next year. You know, maybe push Dylan, maybe not battle for it. Maybe it's Dylan's job, but Dylan knows I can't regress. I can't do anything. I got to keep pressing, keep pressing, keep pressing. And I think that's in Dylan's personality anyway. But I, I disagree with you, Kim. I'm not as adamant about it as Chris is, but I disagree with you from the standpoint I do not think Sam Heward is going to challenge Patrick O'Brien. At some point later in the year, I think it might happen. I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, I think Dylan's the starter, and just, you know, quarterbacks don't get hit anymore, so you don't see quarterbacks go down like they used yeah. to. You just don't. But uh, I think 
uh, uh, right now I say Patrick O'Brien is the first off the bench, but I definitely think mm-hmm. you're going to see Sam, you know, in some games. You know, so we'll see what happens later in the year because I just think he's just night and day from what he was in the spring. Well, I'll, I'll preface my comments by saying Jimmy Lake will always want the competition to be there. He is not going to say to Sam Heward, yeah, you're the clear number three. You just kind of keep doing what you're doing. Everything's fine. No, he wants to push him because, first of all, you just don't know when you're going to have to use him. He could be one play away from being the starter for the rest of the season. You just never, ever know. That being said, there is a, there is a chasm between Dylan Morris and Patrick O'Brien right now in their competition and the competition between Patrick O'Brien and Sam Heward. Well, just, it's just not well, even debatable well, to, my, to well, my eye. Well, you mentioned, you, know, you mentioned the lack of splash plays, right? And the splash plays that were made today. Uh, but I, but I said, but yeah. I'm, I'm talking about, but yeah. I'm talking about all the quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm talking about, you know, when you talk about lack of splash plays, the two splash plays today were, uh, you know, throws by Sam Heward, and that's where I'm seeing, you know, he might be a little bit more of that gunslinger mentality because he was throwing the ball 50 times a game when he was at Kennedy, um, and Dylan tends to be a little bit well, more conservative. Well, O'Brien had that one to Polk though too, so it, yeah, that was a splash. and that's fine, and that's fine. I get all that. And then the thing is, is that you, you got to harken back to what Steve Sarkeesian used to say about the quarterbacks. Don't take away their stinger. If that's what he is, if that's yeah. what his mindset is, play into it. I fully get that 100%. I'm still talking about the details of the, of the day-to-day stuff. Yep. You know, and again, I'm willing to look at the, the, the conditions, the wind, all that stuff can play a factor. But what I'm seeing, when I'm seeing a player, I'm seeing a player that's still very much thinking. About what's going on out there, and I'm and I'm thinking about. I was talking to Hugh Millen about this in, the, in, in during the practice, and we were talking about it. And, and I remember that scene in the trailer with Top Gun where Tom Cruise is, is having to justify why he did what he did. He said, "You can't think out there. If you think, you're dead." And I'm seeing a guy that's thinking out there, and he's thinking too much, and it's affecting. His ability to just go out there and sling it the way you talked about. And what I'm, what I'm comparing it to is the last freshman quarterback to start at Washington, Jake Browning. And I'm I, I'm looking back where Sam to where Jake Browning was at the same point. And I think Sam is further along. But they're not. But they're night and day, Kim. If you want to if you want to class Sam Heward as a gunslinger, Jake Browning is like the anti-gunslinger. He's the yeah, manager. Well, I don't think he's, he's the yeah. game manager. He's the guy that you want to put in there because he's not going to make a mistake. He's not going to take your team out of the game. Whereas with Sam, he may help you win games by making big plays, but he is just as easily right now going to lose you games by throwing picks and throwing passes that he has no business throwing. And again, if he is the gunslinger that you say he is, and I, I don't disagree, I, I see the same plays that you're seeing on that score. But when he's missing windows and he's and he's having the the receivers are having to really you know go back to try to catch uh, passes and they're just not clean and he's hesitating. These are all things that I fully expect a freshman quarterback to go through. These are normal growing pains. I'm not trying to single out Sam Heward and say, oh, he's just awful and he's not. I'm just saying I think he's on a normal pattern. For freshman quarterbacks, and I know he was a special kid coming out of high school. I get that, just, but he is learning on the job right now, and it's not easy. Just one more thing on Sam, and then I want to talk about Dylan Morris and Patrick O'Brien. But Scott, break down the uh, touchdown pass that he had to um, Terrell Bynum and the one he had to Sawyer Rackenell. Was it Terrell Bynum? 
I put it, I had it down as yeah. O'Dunsey. Okay, so no. I'm going to have to change that in the practice report. So uh, he basically just, he dropped back. Terrell Bynum beat Elijah uh, Jackson off of the line. Yeah. Got I behind think, him. I think Nunley was there involved. Yeah, as well. Nunley was the one coming. Well, he over. rolled out to his right, so he was thrown across his body. Yeah, see, I didn't see everything that happened. So. Yeah, he was. I mean, he rolled all, out to the right. All and, I caught was the thing. So yeah, nice. And then the Sawyer Racanelli catch, give a beautifully thrown ball, and just even a better catch by Racanelli because yeah, he was draped. Yeah, I mean, Cameron Fabi Colano was right there with him, oh. and he caught it right about the one yard line you, and fell in the end zone. See, if I'm Jabez today, I'm looking at that going, yeah. I've I seen that, do that before. I've done that with him many times. I called Racanelli triple coverage because he was double covered by players and he caught like a couple of feet from the sidelines too. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he, it was a great catch. It was a he did. It was Fabi Kulani could not have done anything better. Right, honestly. but though, it's plays like that that remind you how special a guy like Heward can be when you know mm-hmm. he's fully firing. It's just you know right now he is he is going through it and it's you can see it. Um, Dylan Morris, how's he look different now than? And by the I, way, we had a chance to talk to Dylan first we, time. Yeah, we haven't talked to Dylan, but uh, you know how Dylan looked today. He, I thought he continued to look confident. I think he's throwing the ball really, really well. I think he's dialed in pretty well. There are a couple passes um, that we were up in the stands and we were talking and we were talking about it. And Romo Dunsey and Jalen McMillan each need to have good better adjustments to the ball when it's in the air because those are good throws by Dylan for that would have been if not long gains and they were touchdowns yeah. or I'm sorry if if not touchdowns they were long gains yeah. um and I mean McMillan's was one where it looked like he didn't run as hard as he should have all the way through the pass yeah again just struggling yeah I don't, I don't know yeah, why I, I don't know I don't, why it is yeah I don't know if he's just thinking too much I don't know if he's doubting what he's seeing I don't know what it is it was funny because uh Dylan threw a ball to uh Kate Otten and um if they would have had pads on the guy next to me he just goes he's got to tell the quarterback that's how he's going to get killed yeah you that know? was that was that Kyler Gordon? There, no there was one he's talking about the Kate Otten one but yeah, the one by the, the, side the one was was it on the sideline close to us? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, then that wasn't Adam. that was that was Adams. Yeah, but that, or or JV on. It was somebody JV else, but I think Kyler Gordon would have absolutely oh. eaten his lunch. Oh my gosh, it would have been horrible. It was it, like I told those guys as soon as it happened. I was like, that was that was Britton Covey versus yeah. Byron Murphy. His, at his lunch might have ended up on the field. Oh, oh just the way because Gordon came up and then as JV on Sunday is walking back. He go. He Gordon's yeah. just like shrugging. A, I would have killed you. Yeah, it's a hospital pass. So, yeah. It was just a hospital pass. It was just yeah. It was no bad. other way to describe. But it. Other, other than that, you know, I think uh, Dylan isn't holding the ball very long. He's getting the ball out. Um, he's letting things develop down the field when he can. He's feeling the rush. I I honestly think this looks more like a mid September Dylan Morris. He's just he looks like he's dialed in much more than I've seen any quarterbacks. And I'm talking Jake Browning. Jake Browning threw a ton of picks. In, in practice, Keith Price looked okay in practice. Yep. Jake Locker had moments where he looked great, had moments where he didn't look great. The, the quarterbacks that I've seen come through this program in fall ball, Dylan Morris is having the best fall camp I've seen of a quarterback. First two days, so obviously a lot can happen. Yep. Things can blow up. But the first two days, this is the sharpest I've seen a quarterback look. You know, a lot of quarterbacks talk coach speak. Mm-hmm. We've heard it all for years, right? But when I asked um, Dylan, you know, his initial impressions when he saw Jimmy wearing the run the damn ball hat, I think he was brutally honest. And he I said think he that, loved it. I think he, I think he was truly speaking, and he meant what he said. Yeah, said he loved it, 
and said, I don't, all I care about is winning. Stats don't matter. That's, that's all that matters. And he says, you know, if we can chunks, you know, seven, eight yards, let's go get it. And yeah. he's got that huge offensive line. But I think, like I said, you know, when he said that, I don't think it was coach speak. I think he honestly believed what he said. I do too. You know, it took Jake Browning four years to get a come from behind victory. It took Dylan Morris three games. And it was something the greatest in comeback in the history of Husky yeah. Stadium. Yeah, something to keep in mind. So it, it's just one of those things where, you know, as good as Jake Browning was, and I'm not taking anything away from him, as a game manager, as a guy, he was there to preserve games. He was not out there. He didn't really have it in his genes to go out there and take the game by the scruff of the neck and go out and win it. And we've already seen in three games Dylan Morris was able to do that. He's got a little something different about him. Well, the thing about quarterbacks is everybody's looking at how they throw the ball and their deep ball and all the other stuff, but a lot of the intangibles are a lot more important. You know, first of all, you know, everybody talks about how they love this guy. He's really well-liked within the team. But then, you know, when you're taking a look at him out there right now, He's got a handle on this. I mean, he just he looks comfortable. Yeah, he I does. mean, he looks he knows what's going on out there. I'm not sure you could say that at all the times last year, but I mean, things have definitely slowed down. Well, for it sucks him. that he only got a chance to play four games, but those four games basically ensconced him as the the leader of the huddle. I mean, he it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out that he is the guy that's running the show. It's his show now, and that's why I think Jimmy just kind of looked at us befuddled and said, yeah, he's a starter. Why wouldn't he be the starter? He's the guy that started last year. So I think that's why it's kind of amusing to Jimmy. But it's clear that there's no doubt he is the one that's running the show right now. How often has Jimmy ever said that's a starter on any position? Well, he did He did throw the caveat out there later by but, saying you but, know, he wants everyone to compete no, and do all that stuff. No, I'm but saying yeah. he, you know, he raved about Richard Newton yesterday. Well, we I mean, talk, he raved, and I asked him, yeah. is it safe to say then he's the starter? And he wasn't going to go there with that. But he's willing to go there with Dylan. Well, but then again, they had different starters in different games at running back, whereas at quarterback it was pretty clear cut. Yeah. It was, yeah. But again, we talked about this yesterday in, in our podcast. You just don't remember too many times a head coach coming out. And I don't care how well established was. I still don't remember Chris Peterson coming out flat out saying, now granted, I don't know if we ever really ask him, you know, is there an issue with Jake Browning not being the starting quarterback? But if there's ever been the hint of a competition, and I really feel like there was a genuine competition by the end of spring between Dylan Morris and Patrick O'Brien, because I think O'Brien had made up that much ground. I still don't remember a coach in recent memory coming out whenever there was maybe a hint of a of an idea of a battle, coming out and saying, "Oh yeah, no, 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 we're we're you know just even just for the advantage for the first game of not letting the opponents know," but. Since the cat's already well out of the bag, I guess, based on last year, yeah, let's go for it. Guys held out today. I mean, they seem pretty healthy. Dyson McCutcheon got dinged a little bit yesterday. I don't think it's anything serious. Quentin Moore has been on the bike uh, quite a bit. And um, uh, Chupatala, obviously, Devin still Banks. out. Devin Banks. I'm not sure what's up with it's, is it Dave? It's not Devin. It's Dave Devon. Devon. Devon Banks. Devon Banks. And, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, it's, it, everybody seems pretty healthy. Zion was out there again today and yeah. uh, not participating, but he's definitely around. So Well, he's he's participating. He's just not playing. 
He's he's always he's he's, he's definitely a, around. He's such a big personality. Yeah, too. He's, oh, yeah. I, I I think he's his personality has jumped. Yeah, it's hard to nine under, times compared to last year. Yeah, it's hard to underestimate just how influential he is on that defense. And I'm talking about just being himself, being just the character, and being one of the leaders of that defense. So to get him back is going to be super super important. But I think that process has already happened. Because everyone knows he's coming back, and so I think they're going to start really feeding off that, so, and it's just going to be like a, a bit of a, to me, like a bit of a countdown. It's like okay, it's we got one week left, or we got five days left, or four days left. I think that's gonna that's gonna I think infuse the defense with just another level of confidence and energy. So are we going to have a Savelle Smalls update? <laughs> he was there. He was there, but he was running with the ones today. Yeah. Um, now he didn't do very much. I didn't see him really getting in on any pass rushes or anything. And sometimes that's just yeah, because of what's designed it's function for function and what the play call was and all those different things. But uh, he was in there running around. You guys don't have to worry. He will be in the rotation. Hey Scott, you know we're talking about um, you know Zion and just every team you seem to have uh, some guys who just. Don't just love football. They have a joy. Football brings them joy. And it just seems like Zion is one of those guys. And the guy on the team who just always seems wound up and just runs to practice, he's hooping it up and just running all around and just energizing. The new guy. Is uh, Bookie. Yeah. Bookie's just. Um, he loves it. I mean, no, yeah. it's beyond that with yeah. him. I mean, he's got a passion. Yeah, he loves that it. You just. I think he loves being out there. Now, he was running with the twos today and. Once again, we've said it several times, don't read anything into these depth charts where the guys are running, what teams are running with. They're just getting, mixing, they're and, mixing matching. and matching. It's two weeks of an extended spring yeah, football. I mean, you, talk, you guys talked about Savelle playing some with the ones. I mean, I saw Savelle playing against the Frosh mm-hmm. uh, offensive line, and Ro- Roger Rosengarten was handling his own no problems. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, I mean it's just they rotate all through. So just, but, they're but, just trying to find different yeah. packages. But Bookie, to run. Bookie was running with the twos today, while Fabi Kulanen was running with the with the uh, ones. And uh, but yeah, Bookie Bookie just brings it no matter who he's playing. He's fun against. to watch. Yeah, he's just he has fun out there. And for a guy who's still he's only been here for four months now. Yeah. Well, um, for a guy who's only been here four months, he sure looks like he's very. Ensconced, ingrained in the in the program. I think program. it's pretty clear, Scott, in, in in terms of the college football, you know, the the players who follow college football and who kind of know each other, whether it's mm-hmm. from Southern California or what have you. He obviously came in with a big reputation, uh-huh. and obviously, even the people that didn't necessarily know him personally, Kim, I think just by reputation and guys who knew guys who knew guys on the team who knew him, whether it was from Southern California or guys just even watching tape of him when he was at Oklahoma. I think he came in with that kind of reputation of being a guy that um, was very matter-of-fact about things and was going to do whatever it takes to win games. Well, I don't know if you guys heard, you know, Trent McDuffie talk about him down at, you know, media day, but he called him a football genius. He said he's a savant, you know, just, you know, when it comes in terms of what's going on out there and, uh, you know, the film room and stuff. And he's a high GPA guy and a high character kid. Um, you know, That's why so, they liked him the first time when they recruited him. Yeah, so um, I'm interested to see what he does, you know, when we break out the pads because I, I, I think that he's not the biggest – he, he's, he's not as big. He, if you want a guy who is in the Miles Bryant, Elijah Molden 
mold, like we've talked about. He is the prototypical he's type thicker, of nickel. Though. He's thicker, but though. he's the prototypical type nickel that they've wanted to use, and that's why the the kind of juxtaposition between him and Cameron Fabikalanen is so interesting at that nickel battle because Fabikalanen is so much different than him from just a body type. I mean, Bookie's five nine. 175, 180, but Fabi Kalanen's like 6'1", has super rangy uh, arms, a lot of, you know, big levers, and just can get out there and cause problems with passing lanes, whereas Bookie, I think, is probably a little bit more of a guy that they can rely on in the box to stop the run, um, you know, be more of that enforcer that way. And But again, I think, like you guys said, the high IQ is is the reason why they're being trusted at that position because they have to know so many things at the nickelback spot. Scott, who's uh, impressed you so far in this camp? Well, it's been Julius Urban has really impressed me. I've already talked about Dylan Morris, um, and I just I haven't seen a quarterback come in that dialed in. Terrell Bynum has really taken a step, I think. not Because he was always a guy who could get open deep, but I'm seeing a guy who's getting open short, medium, long, doesn't matter. And he's getting it open against Kyler Gordon, against Trent Duffy. He's getting... Or Trent McDuffie. And, um, I, you know, along the offensive line, I think one guy that's really impressed me is, I mean, it's hard not to be impressed with Jackson Kirkland, but I'm going to say Vic Kern. Yeah. Um, he's really impressed well, getting me. Getting him back, is the, yeah. that was the key. And uh, Corey Luciano's snaps have been much better. Remember how he struggled in the spring oh, for game? for sure. And, yeah, right off the bat. And that wasn't even something we had really seen through spring, and then all of a sudden it was like, Remember Knobloch when he couldn't throw from from second base to first base right. and all that, and it was like, what happened? You know, he got a uh, hitch in his giddy up or something, whatever it was. Right. And then, so he's been on um, defensive line. Uh, you know, Sam Taimani has shown me a little bit more athleticism than I was used to. Yesterday, he he was pursuing uh, Dylan Morris from behind, who was running. He wasn't just keeping his eyes downfield, he actually took off to run, and Sam Taimani was, like, right behind him the whole way. Yeah. And my guess is he probably would have dove to tackle him if it if we had been in a game. So I'm um, trying to think of one more guy that, that really stick, has, has stuck out. Uh, I'm going to say Carson Bruner today. Yep. He he had a good tip of a pass, got in a passing lane, tipped it, and that was the one that you talked about Mikel Steen having. I totally forgot about that play, too. That was a really nice play by Bruner. And it's nice to see him get in kind of get his feet back in it with the uh, middle linebackers rather than being outside. Who's impressed you, Chris? Well, i got to tell you, it was not, it, seeing Jack Westover doing what he did today I thought was huge. It really does go to show how versatile he is and how much they trust him. And having him back for fall when they didn't have him all spring, I think he showed up in a big way today. Um, you know, defensively, I think it's hard not to look at Trent McDuffie and go, yep, that's exactly the guy everyone expects mm-hmm. him to be two picks, and kind of really establishing himself early in camp the way I think we know he can. Um, You know, also I was going to say in the middle, I know a lot's going to be made out of what's going to happen with the middle linebacker depth now that there's no Josh Calvert and Tupatala's out for a long time. You have no Mickey IU, no Will Latu. But I saw a lot today from MJ Tafisi and Daniel uh, Daniel Hamuli. I thought that they did a very nice job 
when they needed to come in, you know, behind Tofisi Tafisi and Kalepo yeah, kind of got exactly. into it a little bit today. I'd call that handbags, but yeah, yeah it, it with Nate Kalepo and MJ Tafisi started to shove and match and didn't really go anywhere. That's not going to go well for Tafisi yeah. in the long run. <laughs> that's, I think that's why it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, but I really like those two guys, and again, I would echo what Scott said about Terrell Bynum. The clear number one. Easy. I mean, not even close. Yeah, he has distanced himself by a long ways, and I would not have necessarily said that after spring because I thought Roma Dunze had done um, some some things. Even Jalen McMillan had made a big step in the last couple weeks of spring. Um, Taj Davis the same way. Jalen Polk had firmly established himself in the rotation. Um, Racinelli the same way. I think Sawyer was a little more more hit and miss in spring, but he had come on. Now it's like it's basically Terrell Bynum and whoever else and everybody else fits the fits the uniform. Although Polk had a nice catch fighting off the DB on no, that one. No, every single long one of those guys, and yeah. I include McMillan in this. Every single one of those guys has had a couple moments, but man, it's the, not it's the, the inconsistency yeah. is what is really baffling at this point because those guys are all very talented. Yeah, and just you know, when I take a look at it, I think the you know these kids come in, and when they come in, they're kids. And you look at some of these freshmen; they still got the baby face and going. And you know, my son introduced me to the fr- the phrase "gam" a while back, grown ass man. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Terrell Bynum has definitely turned himself into a grown ass man because he's the most mature guy out there. I mean, he's he seems to be the old guy out there, and I think he's really taken his game up another level. I think Dylan Morris has taken his game up another level. Um, you know, one of the guys who was the, I say just some of the fans just always seem to have to have a pinata, you know, to beat on. And last year it was uh, Jackson Sermon. And I think Jackson Sermon has, uh, you know, really turned into that grown ass man, too. I think he's dramatically improved. I haven't seen enough from him. And yeah. I'm not saying he and Ulu Foshi yeah. aren't playing well, but when the pads come on, yeah. that's when we're going to see those guys and what they act how they've accelerated. Yeah, I think he's really improved. And uh, Trent McDuffie is, you know, as good as he was last year. I think he's taken it up an entirely different level. Um, I think he's playing like an All-American right now. Uh, Kate Otten, I mean, you just, I mean, if you want a prototypical tight end, he's it. I mean, he can do everything, and he's professional about it. He's just a great kid. You know, you always like to have kids on that, and then um, he's not a kid, Kim. He's yeah, married. I know, and um, I continue to be amazed on how big. I'm, I still call him MJ. MJ Ale is. I mm-hmm. mean, just his lower half, and I mean, if you're Dylan Morris and you need a, you know, you're down on the goal line, why wouldn't you quarterback sneak behind yeah, MJ right Ale? Him. him and I mean. That uh, that left side with him and Jackson Kirkland. I mean, why wouldn't you run behind them? What's and I've said this before. What's bigger, my head or MJ Ale's calves? Oh, his calves. I think. I think they're bigger. Yeah, I sure. Mean, he's gigantic. Are we talking about ego or are we talking about calves? I don't have an ego, <laughs> Chris. But um, are, are I just, you covering up for lightning, Chris? No comment. Yeah. yeah, I just like those guys. And then the other thing that just one more thing that I'm just kind of. I don't know if excited. I'm really intrigued to see how it goes, and that's the punt return game. Um, it's been a while since Washington, you know, since Dante Pettis. They haven't really been able to find anybody, but I think they found somebody with Trent McDuffie returning punts, and I like uh, Romu Dunze back there. And Jalen McMillan back on punts has not dropped one. He had a couple. Now, McDuffie, he had a couple last year. I mean, like the Oregon yeah. one against Oregon State was a, kind of a, I'd say that was foreshadowing, a, a kind of a preview of coming attractions. So I think there's definitely something there. The one thing we haven't seen yet is because they haven't done any kick return yet. 
we have not Giles. seen Giles Jackson unleashed, and I think that's obviously a big part of what so his game is. The unfortunate thing for McDuffie and anybody who comes after Dante Pettis is they're always going to be compared to Dante Pettis. Yeah. And I don't think people understand how hard it is to do what Dante Pettis did. That was that was insane. Well, you don't he see did. him replicating that in the league. No. And and so he and the most touchdowns he ever had in a season was four. And then he had two twice and three once. That's how he got to his nine. You have to be at a school for four years and you have to consistent I mean, most guys are lucky to get one or two in an entire career in college returning punts. He did two per year on his low side, three, and then four. And then he did it with different numbers, too. Yeah. Because I can remember the one he did at Colorado. He was wearing 87. Yep. What was he when he did it um, against Boise State? He might have been 87. I, I think he was remember. still 87. He might have been, yeah. But then he, I think he was number eight for the Utah one. For sure. That, that for one. sure. And, yep. the, and then the Oregon yep. one. I still watch that Oregon one every now and then because I – I was there to watch the pre- record be broken. It was it was See, cool. If, I, to be if, in I'm, the... if I'm Dante, I'm selling. I'm sending Willie Taggart a fruit basket every single year. Thanks for kicking to me. Yep, exactly. Wrap it up, Scott. Final thoughts. Uh, good second day. Uh, offense still seems to be matching the defense. I wouldn't say that either one is really one per se, but they're matching each other, and I, I think that's positive. Final thoughts, Chris Fetters. Yeah, I still think the defense is slightly ahead, as you would expect. I think in fall camp, first couple days. Usually the defense comes out. They usually kind of impose themselves a little bit more. Once the pads get on and the offensive line can start imposing themselves, that will change things a little bit in terms of the dynamic. But again, with Trent McDuffie doing what he's doing on defense, what the what Dylan Morris and Patrick O'Brien are doing, especially with Terrell Bynum helping them out and then the tight ends showing out like they did today, um, you can see a lot of give and take. You can see a lot of situations where – the offense is making some splash plays, and then the defense is coming right back and saying, nah, not so fast. We're going to make you pay for some things. So some real good give and take the first two days. I will say I don't think it's been very intense yet. I don't think I've seen a ton of energy like we're going to see maybe starting next week. I think that's when you start to ratchet things up. And like I said, that play with Mateo Mele today after Trent McDuffie picked off the pass, I think that's a preview of coming attractions. I think we're going to start to see things pick Chippy. up slowly but surely and get, get a little chippier as we go. We'll see how things go once this is released, but I might be calling you the arsonist a little bit light, later for lighting the fire and just causing a meltdown on the boards about the wide receivers. I hope not, and people can keep in mind we're in day two, and they're hey. mixing, they're matching, they're doing installs, they're doing all kinds of different stuff I, right now. Now, Hugh Millen, apparently, he told me apparently he had gone online, he had said something like the. Wide receiver group was basically like Mountain West level. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I haven't gone out and said that. You don't have to for people to freak out. I don't need to say that. Right. I don't need to go that. I'm just saying I think of the offensive groupings, of the of the rooms that are there, I think those are the guys that are behind right now. Just a reminder, we've got a uh, big promotion running right now. You can get two months for a buck. And that runs through Sunday night? Yep, Monday night. Monday night. Yeah, Monday so night. We'll get you two months for a buck, and don't miss out on all the really good stuff. And all the really good stuff is on the message boards, so don't miss out on that. Also, expecting a big announcement, a big, big announcement on Monday having to do with beer and wine sales at Husky Stadium. Mm. So stay tuned for that and expect some announcement on that. Are they going to have like that? you just at, gave it away. Are they going to have it in the press box? 
I asked the UW official if they will now allow it on the sidelines, and I'm not even going to say the response. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, some big announcement. With NIL, we're going to have a Rainier beer patch on the on the um, different uh, yeah. players. Hey, if we can do NIL, I'm doing a deal with Rainier today. Okay. Let's do it. Let's go. Where are we missing? Uh, are we are we not taking advantage of opportunities here? Aldera Golf Course. I'm open. There you go. Yeah, Snoqualmie Ridge. I'm open. Meridian so, Valley. I need one. You're from taking Costco. though. You're already a Newcastle guy. You I can't need one from Costco. You only. I'll take okay. two. I'll take two. But uh, just uh, yeah, expect some kind of an announcement. I don't know the exact details because we don't drink at the stadium, anyways. But uh, we don't. That. At least not. At least yeah. not until post game. Yeah. So. Uh, one more reminder, if you're looking for those daily updates and uh, well as breaking news alerts, especially when there's commitments, we will get you hooked up. Uh, just shoot us a note, huskystadium at gmail.com, subject line newsletter. We will get you hooked up. And, you know, also, um, I don't think anybody sitting at this table has been real. We don't toot our horn a lot. But I got to give you two credit. You killed it yesterday and today. You really did. So, um, you know, there's guys out there that uh, cover the team, but nobody does it better than you two. You guys just crushed it. Kim, you're you're increasing expectations. I want to decrease them as much. That's how I've lived my life. Decrease expectations. I always thought increased expectations equals increased paychecks. Does it? You guys are doing fine. <laughs> who's can, the one that just, on. Who's the one that just had to skip out of practice yesterday yeah. because you were putting up multiple TVs in I your know. freaking no, room? No, the thing is, I Kim, am, we, are, we are doing just fine. I can always do better. I, I am appalled that you're appalled. I will tell you how to get more. we got to make more, so sign up with the promotion. Yeah, come on, guys, help us out. Sign up for the promotion and... Uh, so, just FYI, I, I had three new TVs installed at my house So, what yesterday. do you have in the middle? What's the size in the middle? A 77. And? 255s. <laughs> but, but, I'm having a problem. Oh, no. With the remotes. The Playboy oh. channel doesn't come up on the outside ones? They, yeah, no, they, they all change channels yeah. at the same time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are, is that serious? So, wait a second. So, does that mean you're going to have to watch the same thing on all three TVs? No, that would be What a, like, a first-world problem. For i got to figure it out because if I change one thing on one, they all change. And Don't just, you have three different boxes? Okay, no. we're, we're getting deep in the weeds. Yeah. Don't you have three different boxes, though? Not, not yet. That, well, that's why it's changing well, it on I, all of them. Not yet, but one remote. So if I'm watching this and I want to watch something else on the other, then the one remote, it's weird. Okay. So, so hold on. All we, need to, all we need to make sure that people understand is that by the time we have our preseason dinner at your house... We'll have it fixed. You'll have it fixed. We'll have it fixed. Well, yeah, because yeah, we I remember, and when we've had it at other times... We've watched. We've had to watch the Mariner game and then look at our phones for updates on the preseason game. Oh, not now. So now we don't have. Not to. now. Yeah. Not now. Get it fixed. Get it done. Oh yeah. You no. know what we used to call that? We used to call that the Stone Ages. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> it's. Well, what was what was the text you sent me? Oh, I said that's I a bachelor's. Pic- I sent yeah. you a picture of the three. And I said that's a bachelor's dream. I dreamed about that when I was. And a bachelor. My, my response? It's a reality. It's a married guy's fantasy. <laughs> it's a bachelor's reality. Married guy's dream. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, three TVs. That'll be awesome. So, anyways, uh, wrapping it Thanks up. Thanks for listening and indulging us on yeah. that. Yeah. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. I'm Kim Grenolds with Chris Fetters and Scott Eklund. Go, dogs. Should you 
ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.